This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Your calls are primary if you make them. Otherwise, we bring up stuff that's interesting to us. And there's some news on the Liberty Dollar situation. As you may be aware, if you've been listening to the show for the last year, you heard the news back in November when the Liberty Dollar had its doors kicked in by a federal goon squad who proceeded to come in and confiscate all of their gold and silver and copper and platinum. And, and all their uh, you know computers and telephones and office all equipment. Kinds, everything. Sure. Yep, they, they confiscated everything. They took it all. And the Liberty Dollar was amazingly able to bounce back from that and come back and issue new, brand new Liberty Dollars this year yeah. and, and continue doing business. Yeah, they claimed it was some kind of counterfeiting sort of situation, but they had had, but they had letters from the Mint saying this wasn't counterfeit. Sure. They made no, you know, there was no effort to uh, defraud anyone here. They weren't claiming to be U.S. dollars. They didn't say, in God we trust on them. Uh, you know, they, Actually, they, I think they do say, in God we trust. No, it said, trust in God. Oh, um, okay, you're right. But you're right. they had a they ha- have a, uh, a, a web address on them. Anybody yeah. who looked at these things... Uh, you know, quite clear. Per, yeah, f- f- clearly, you know, really looked at them, could tell this isn't American money. Not exactly. But it appears that the Liberty Dollar, not only have they bounced back, but they have gone ahead and filed the lawsuit that they've been talking so much about. Uh, after the raid initially occurred back in November, uh, Bernard von Nothaus, the founder and the, the president of the Liberty Dollar organization, started asking people who had Liberty Dollars, not the ones that are actual silver, not the silver liberties, which are real silver pieces. They're beautiful. Uh, yeah, I've got a number of those myself, but, but those who have the warehouse certificates, because Liberty Dollars are issued in both silver form and certificate form, in that the certificate says, entitles the bearer to a certain amount of silver or gold that is sitting in a warehouse somewhere. So essentially the certificate um, is evidence that there's gold sitting somewhere, silver sitting somewhere with your name on it, basically. And you could redeem that at any time. Okay, That's the point of the certificate. So so that way the silver doesn't take up as much space. Well, unfortunately, to those who were holding the certificates, as I was... By the way, the $1 piece... Not the $1 piece. The the $1 certificate is purple. So... Yeah, it doesn't look like chances are good. You're not money. going to confuse this, right? And so, so he started asking people to sign up for a class action lawsuit, of which uh, I did sign up. Mark, you also signed up. I did. Up. I, I went out and got a. Uh, actually, I purchased from you a one dollar uh, certificate so that I could be part of the class action suit. Because I'm pretty pissed. I mean, the government people have stolen my silver. I had at least a couple hundred dollars in silver sitting in that warehouse, and they went in and they took it all. So I would like it back, as would everyone else that was holding those uh, Silver Liberty, not Silver Liberties, but uh, the Liberty Dollar Certificates. And now the news is coming from the New York Sun, nysun.com, and uh, Bernard von Nuthouse sent out an update today as well, but let's see what the mainstream press has to say about it. They say the federal government's attempt to stop a group of gold standard activists from minting an alternative to the greenback is about to face its first legal test. A dozen people around the country filed suit in U.S. District Court in Idaho this week, demanding the return of all the copper, silver, gold, and platinum coins, more than seven tons of metal in all, that the FBI and Secret Service seized 
in November during a raid of uh, during raids of a mint in Idaho, which is the warehouse that the uh, silver was being kept, and a strip mall storefront in Indiana, which was the home of the Liberty Dollar office. The Justice Department had decided that the coins, many of which bear the familiar symbol of uh, Lady Liberty and the phrase trust in God, were being illegally marketed as government-sanctioned currency. No, you don't understand, government people. The whole point of the Liberty Dollar was to differentiate from the government currency. The whole point... Your currency is crap. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. The whole point was to say, hey... This government currency is a big joke since they took away the silver backing, you know, decades ago. It's been a big joke ever since. And here, here's some real silver. Here's some real gold. This is real silver. It's now, a big difference. A whole know, world of difference. You take a quarter or a half dollar and hold it up to a, a silver piece from the, the Liberty dollar, you can tell which one's real money. Oh, absolutely. That, you can feel the silver in your hand when you drop it into somebody's hand. Um, I, I think that there probably were people somewhere who were confused as to whether or not it was real government money or not. But, you know, those people didn't investigate it at all. And they, what did they get? Well, they got silver. They got something that was worth something. Right. Most Liberty Dollar people that I know are usually willing to go back and buy something back. If, for whatever reason, the individual gets buyer's remorse... When they, you know, if you go to the store and you try to uh, pay for something with a Liberty dollar and they take it, what I normally do is I'll leave my phone number, I'll leave a business card or something like that and say, look, if you change your mind, call me. I'll come back. I mean, presuming I'm in the area and I'm buying things in the area that I live, I'm not going to travel across country, but I'll come back in and I'll buy it back from you with these silly little uh, Federal Reserve notes. You can have these Federal Reserve notes. I don't care. It's not like I'm trying to jip you out of Federal Reserve notes. Told you I don't like that term, jip. I know you don't. Anyway, the creator of the coins, according to the story here, Bernard von Nothaus, who lives in Miami, claims that the federal government is trying to shut down production of his Liberty Dollars, as the coins are called, because of the competition they pose to the greenback. And we all know government doesn't like competition. In recent years, his precious metal coins have opened, or excuse me, outperformed the dollar, whose value has plunged in relation to gold. The raids in November were the result of a two-year undercover investigation. Well, I wonder how much that cost taxpayers of uh, Von Nothaus and how he sold Liberty Dollars. The Justice Department has not followed up with any criminal charges against Von Nothaus, and he, by the way, expected to be arrested. Afterwards, he thought they were going to come for him, but they never did. wonder why that is. Maybe it's because they just don't have anything. Maybe maybe they thought they were just going to be able to steal his money, to steal our money, and just get away with it. Maybe if they maybe they thought if they arrested him, he'd be more likely to sue, because then they would have violated his personal freedom. So that's my speculation on that. If you want to comment, 800-259-9231. So they haven't followed up with any criminal charges on Von Nothaus or any of the regional currency offices, the regional distributors of his coins. In the suit filed in Idaho, the various plaintiffs say the federal government has no right to continue holding on to their coins any longer. While it's common for agents to warehouse property seized during criminal investigations, such as firearms or surveillance equipment, the plaintiffs say coins of precious metal should be off-limits. The coins do not constitute contraband or other property subject to seizure, according to the legal papers, adding that the seizures violated the Fourth Amendment rights of the plaintiffs. For the most part, the plaintiffs had possessed bearer certificates for the Silver Liberty dollars that were being warehoused in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, 
at the Mint. The Mint, Sunshine Minting, is one of the sites the federal agents raided. In an unusual request, the plaintiffs ask for an order at the very least forbidding federal agents from touching or moving the coins so they aren't dirtied in any way. Mishandling numismatic material can negatively impact value, say the legal papers. Wouldn't that suck to have your uh, your silver and gold returned to you all scuffed up and dirty? It would, especially considering how beautiful those pieces are. Right, because the feds just don't care, because they're jerks. Anyway, a spokesman for the Justice Department said the agency had not yet seen the legal, legal papers and could not comment. Email messages circulating among Liberty Dollar enthusiasts have expressed fears that the federal government intends to publicly auction off the coins. There's been no public announcement indicating that to be the case. The attorney's office in Asheville, North Carolina, which led the investigation that prompted the raids, did not return several calls for comment over the last few weeks. And why should they? Yep. They have no obligation to They've say anything. They've got the gold and si- silver. Why right. would they bother? Yeah, exactly. The only thing that's going to change that is a decision from a judge. And as they pointed out here, if they do something to the gold and silver, if they they mark it in some way or ruin it in some way, then what? What are the, what are the then you have to sue again to try to get them to make you whole? I don't know what the process is like, but it sounds like it would be awful. Doesn't seem likely. A 1999 report by the Southern Poverty Law Center said many of the stories, excuse me, stores that accepted Liberty Dollars are run by men and women connected to the radical right. The coins have caught on particularly well in Asheville. Am I on the Australia. radical right? Uh, apparently you are, Mark. Apparently. I don't feel like I'm on the radical right. Yeah, that's right, because we've been accused of being on the right. We've been accused of being on the left. We've been accused of being in the middle. Who knows? All I know is I care about liberty and freedom and the ability to possess gold and silver in whatever form I want to is all about liberty and freedom. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, including, by the way, the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. So the news is the Liberty Dollar has finally gone ahead and filed their lawsuit. Now, I'm not sure if it I'm not sure if it's the uh, the class action one because they mentioned in the story that it was only 12 people that were involved in this lawsuit. And I, I'm certain that there are more people involved in the class action lawsuit than 12. I think I know at least 12 people that are involved in the class action one. So I don't know. Perhaps it's some sort of preliminary thing or maybe they're only mentioning the 12 names. Maybe the other names aren't worth mentioning. I don't know about – I don't know much about how the lawsuit thing works, Mark. So I'm not an expert in that field myself. You're the one that's doing some suing right now, so I figured you might have some insight. Yeah, well, what can I tell you? I'm uh, <clears throat> muddling through, and I don't think lawyers know either. There's so many laws and, and, and all that stuff that no one can know this stuff. So, again, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. The news story here from the New York Sun alleges that those people who are into the Liberty Dollar are on the radical right. And as you said, I don't consider myself on the right of anything, necessarily. I don't consider myself on the left, either. I'm someone that loves liberty. And 
having access to real money, real value-backed currency like the Liberty Dollar, is important to people that dig liberty. The people that were behind the Ron Paul campaign this past year, on the past year, the young college kids that were getting all excited and jazzed about Ron Paul, were those kids on the radical right? These 19, 20, 21-year-old something college kids who, for the most part, are generally considered pretty liberal, right? Ron Paul and the, the, the liberty message attracts people from all across the political spectrum, including people that aren't political at all. It attracts people from all over the place. So I don't appreciate being labeled in that way. Yeah, the right and the left just uh, puts people on different teams. And I'm not on, you know, like, I I don't have to have, I have to be on a different team. I know that, uh, you know, the right and the left, you know, they both have their uh, anti-liberty stances, and I'm I'm not fond of either of them. So we will keep you in the loop as we learn more about what they're doing. Uh, the, the Liberty Dollar Organization, again, filing suit against the federal goon squad for taking millions of dollars, millions, in inventory from them. All of it. It was just uh, just an absolutely outrageous thing that was going on. But it, really, in the, in the scheme of things, it seems kind of expected at this point. I mean, the, we've got a government, the people calling themselves government in this country, that are doing all kinds of tyrannical things. And the confiscation of the Liberty Dollars is just part of the whole thing, that you've got uh, immigration checkpoints being set up. You've got just checkpoint checkpoints being set up. You've got people being ha- rounded up and hauled off to, to uh, holding detainment centers, including immigrants, children, in the case of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hundreds, mass, you know, masses, massive amounts of people being rounded up. What disturbs me probably uh, even more than those, the, you know, those large uh, destructions of liberty that you're talking about are the little ones. Um, the sting operation where the uh, gentleman was, uh, you know, uh, coerced into becoming a uh, jitney cab down in Miami. Oh, my gosh. It, it was just crazy. Basically, he gave a ride to an undercover cop who demanded to pay for the ride. Okay, give me five bucks. And they arrested him for being a jitney cab. This could happen to anybody. Yep, it sure could. And, you know, it could be your grandpa or you who is next. Uh, don't forget the old ladies that have been arrested for having their grass not being green enough. How about all the other various asinine, nonsensical laws that people have gotten in trouble for? I mean, how does, how does anybody see this news and just blow it off? How does anybody see these stories and just say, well, I'm still free? I, don't, I just don't understand the mentality, and yet it's widespread across America. Widespread. Yep. My own mother suffers from it. If it doesn't happen to them, then it's not that big of an issue. But the thing is, is it may not happen to you. It may happen to your children. It may happen to your right. friends. It may happen to somebody you love. And by the time it happens to you or someone you love, perhaps it will be too late. Perhaps everybody else will have been victimized by that point, and you never did a damn thing to stand up for anybody else's freedom. Because if you don't... Take the time to stand up for somebody else's freedom, then how can you honestly expect anyone to do anything for yours? People wonder how Hitler came into power and how they got to the point where they were gassing Jews. This is how. Now you know. Yep. Now I'm not saying. Oh, we're it can't be, happen here, Mark. I, I'm not saying we're going to be gassing Jews here in America. I don't think they're going to do that. Tyranny can't happen in America. This is the land of the free. Well, um, tyranny can happen. However, you can't have. Uh, you, likely, you won't have anybody being killed over it. More likely, you'll have incarceration, which we all have to pay for, which requires more bureaucrats and that kind of thing. We already incarcerate more people than any other country on the planet, any other country in history. 
Now, if you didn't think that the police state or Big Brother was quite big enough, where do you hear this news from FreedomWorks.org? Adam Brandon writing, Washington, D.C., hidden deep in Senator Christopher Dodd's 630-page Senate housing legislation is a sweeping provision that affects the privacy and operation of nearly all of America's small businesses. Their provision, the provision which was added by the bill's managers without debate this week, would require the nation's payment systems to track, aggregate, and report information on nearly every electronic transaction to the federal government. Hmm. FreedomWorks Chairman Dick Armey commented, This is a provision with astonishing reach, and it was slipped into the bill just this week. Not only does it affect nearly every credit card transaction in America, such as Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express, but the bill specifically targets payment systems like eBay's PayPal, Amazon, and Google Checkout that are used by many small online businesses. The privacy implications for America's small businesses are breathtaking. Privacy groups like the Center for Democracy and Technology and small business organizations like the NFIB sharply criticized this idea when it first appeared earlier this year. What is the federal government's purpose with this kind of detailed data? How will this database be secured and who will have access? Many small proprietors use their social security number as their tax ID. How will their privacy be protected? What compliance costs will this impose on businesses? Why is Senator Dodd putting a provision in a housing this provision in a housing bailout bill? Yeah, you know, and that that's the trick the politicians use that I just find so disgusting. Hiding legislation in in other bills. Mm-hmm. Um, DownsizedDC.org has a uh, a, a great uh, piece of legislation that they've been trying to get through and hadn't haven't had a lot of luck called the one bill at a time. Um, you know, one thing at a time or one thing at a time bill or something like that. And Basically, it would uh, limit them from doing this kind of crap, hiding stuff in other, you know, other provisions inside of bills and that kind of thing. This is nonsense. That's how Real, Real ID got uh, foisted on us. Your comments at 800-259-9231 says here, when a, uh, at a time when concerns about both identity theft and government spying are paramount, Congress wants to create a new honeypot of private data that includes Social Security numbers. This bill reduces privacy across America's payment processing systems and treats every American small business or eBay power seller like a criminal on parole by requiring an unprecedented level of reporting to the federal government. This outrageous idea is another reason to delay the housing bailout legislation so that the senators and the public at large have time to examine its full implications. But will they? And will this pop up somewhere else? It seems like it's only a matter of time before somehow this sort of legislation gets through. So keep your eyes peeled on this one. It's Free Talk Live. All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting wars should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. The features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Both are free for you. 
So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He is the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The anarcho-capitalist adventure series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. We'll check in here with uh, John Stossel here in a bit, but Mark, let's go first into your email box. You've got something to share, right? I do. Um, This one's entitled, Serious Concerns of Freedom. Okay. It's from Cliff. Hey, gents. There's a subject which I believe is not being seriously addressed, and that's how to transition from central governance to self-governance. Central governance is largely what we have now, and self-governance is what... You know, I, I want to see largely and you want to see completely. Well, first of all, I disagree on that premise. I think that self-governance is largely what we have now in that, yeah, while it certainly seems like the, the federal, local and state governments are micromanaging our lives, the vast majority of decisions are still up to us. So for the most part, people are self-governing in that we don't have chaos in the streets because people self-govern and they are looking out for their own best interests. And their best interest is, of course, to continue sucking air so they can uh, continue eating and sleeping and doing the things that they like to do. So therefore, they don't harm other people in the process. That said, the burdens of the state are incredibly high uh, and certainly we do need to figure out how to get from where we are to where I, I would like to be or you would like to be, and uh, that is certainly an important process. My belief is that if, you, if one goes from the system that is uh, currently in place in most countries today to the ideals of freedom tomorrow, it would create chaos. Yeah, uh, that's not bloody likely. How to go from uh, what is currently in place in most countries now, force or threat of force, um, induced behaviors... To the free market and self-governance, realize that 95% assumed of the population has been indoctrinated to believe that they need the government to live in peace and have security. Also, some 30% uh, also assumed of the population fully depend on the ca- um, and count on the government to provide them with food, shelter, and health care. I think it might be higher than that, but uh, that's, yeah. that would include uh, government bureaucrats and people on welfare. That's true. If you include anybody getting any money from the government, it's something like, I think one of our callers suggested was 52% of Americans. Um, and that would be included people that uh, you know have government contracts. contracts yeah. right. My belief is that all forms of government um, were to be abolished overnight with no transitional period. Many bad people would go out and take advantage of the situation without fully appreciating the gift they have been given. Over time, um, day one, uh, a thousand years plus later, the... F- uh, the free market would correct itself if freedom survives. However, there would be massive devastation during oh, the time. Oh, I don't think it would take a thousand years, but okay, go ahead. Whatever. During the time in, uh, in between. I, I equate this to going um, away to a large college where hardcore partying is rampant. Most of the people whose uh, parents simply just told them, uh, don't drink because you're underage, go crazy and party. I've seen this firsthand during my college years, and you okay. know, this is one one level of government's taken off. You put uh, you put kids who are in high school one year, and now they're in college the next, and they're off in uh, university, and they are going to do whatever they want. Well, of course, mom and dad never really taught them how to drink. That's a big factor there. Yep, and and I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, though, is teaching people how to be free. That makes sense. Over I t- agree. Over time, most realize that they don't need to drink until they puke and change their drinking habits. Others don't realize this and suffer more as a result. Mm, yeah. um, silly analogy. Glad but I it, figured it out. I think it uh, kind of lays out the point. 
I believe in the call for freedom for all. However, we who believe in such principles need to be very careful and aware of the reality and psychological state of the population as a whole. I'm very interested in um, possibly starting some sort of uh, think tank where the ideas of freedom and how to go about achieving it with as few casualties as possible can be attained. I know that Ian will probably think that it would be a total waste of time, but I would disagree uh, if that's the case. The way these fascists have enslaved us is my is my f- uh, following this um, it, us is my following this same approach. Do it in such a way that the population starts to take it as the norm and empower them to act in accord. I will most likely be calling the show tonight to discuss this uh, further. Hope you can provide some feedback. And I, and I just wanted to get started, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I like it. I think it's a great idea because think, a lot of people want those ideas. You know, a lot of people aren't satisfied with the uh, sort of stock answer when we don't have a vision for how the free market would handle something with the stock answer of, well, the marketplace will handle it. People in search of profits will figure out ways to innovate and, and get that done, whatever that is, you know, fill in the blank there. So I understand the frustration that people must have with that particular answer. And if there could be a think tank out there to come up with some possibilities – at least some ideas to uh, to put out there. And usually, you know, just between you and I, Mark, on the show, sometimes, uh, especially if you have a caller or, or a third person sitting in here, we're usually able to come up with one or two ways the market might be able to handle something in the absence of the state. And having a think tank turned loose on all of those uh, concepts, I think, I think would be a great, great thing to do. Uh, help put some ideas into people's heads. And as far as the transition is concerned, I, I certainly understand where he's coming from. It doesn't seem very realistic that anything would ever happen overnight and, you know, the next day result in the complete abolishment of federal, local, and state governments. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work that way. It, it took hundreds of years or maybe not hundreds of years, but decades upon decades, for the government to indoctrinate people successfully into the belief system that they have today that he was talking about. The good news is it's not going to take decades to unindoctrinate them, to undo some of that damage. Much of that damage can be undone in a matter of weeks of just listening to Free Talk Live, for instance, let alone being surrounded by people that also feel the same way and have similar viewpoints as we do to help pick at uh, the objections that the, the individuals might have. So the good news is reversing this trend isn't going to take as long, as far as I can tell, and also, it's uh, it, first of all, reversing the trend is not going to take as long. And in addition to that, oof, I don't know where I was going to go. You forget your line of yeah. thinking. Well, I think it's important because uh, if, for instance, you told people, we're shutting down the public schools tomorrow. Now, that is going to result in chaos. There's no doubt Yeah, there's about no it. need to shut down anything. No, I think that what we'll see is a transition. You'll see a transition where there are going to be people like myself who are going to say, no, that's okay, don't really want your government services anymore, so thanks, but no thanks. And you'll start to see more people sort of opting out of the government paradigm. And as people around start to, you know, they're going to encounter the message of liberty from their friends, as I was talking about being surrounded by people mm-hmm. who in their workplace or in their church or in their personal lives believe in liberty and, and are communicating it and getting better and better at communicating it, maybe from uh, listening to Free Talk Live or listening to the Advocates for Self-Government, they would probably be the best as far as teaching people communication skills. But you'll start to see people just shifting out of the government paradigm, and eventually people that are around you are going to say, hey, what, why are you taking home so much extra money? 
Or how is it that you're not paying Social Security? You know how we get that question over and over again on yep. this show. People want to know how it is that we don't pay Social Security. How is it you're doing that? How is it you're doing that? I'll tell that? you I don't, how I do it. I don't do it. Well, it's easier for you and I because we're uh, self-employed or whatever, and we don't have to beg uh, some accounts receivable department or an employer to take to not take that money out. But as more and more uh, employees start asking their uh, the owners of the business, hey, these guys on the radio aren't paying Social Security. I'd really like that money back in my pocket. As the demand from the employee base begins to grow to to opt out of those, maybe some business owners will take the steps necessary. I mean, this this really this uh, transition I'm talking about would really be helped out by business owners having the courage to just say no to government. I think that could really spur a lot of people to where if a business owner said, "Hey, look," it, he could say to his employees, however many he had, 25 to 250 or whatever. He could say, look, I wanted to give you guys a new option. I am going to give you the option to stop paying Social Security. That way, those people who really like the government and feel really comfortable with the government system won't be put in that, in that awkward position the emailer's talking about where government just disappears overnight, or their perception of it at least. And they'll have the choice to say, yeah, I would like to opt out of Social Security. And then, you know, 50% of the workforce opts out. They start taking home a 7 to 15% pay raise as a result of that. I mean, when people start seeing the, the, the benefits of liberty, they're going to start asking questions. And they're going to want some of it for themselves. But if they don't, if they want to stay enslaved, I believe they should be free to stay enslaved, if that is their choice. And I think we'll see this long, drawn-out process of uh, re-education. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And who is the anarchy boogeyman, and should you be afraid of him? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week, all at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. And don't forget, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. So buy the products that you need to buy for life and feel good because not only are you getting what you need at a great price, in many cases super saver, uh, free Super Saver shipping, but you're also helping Free Talk Live. So again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. I wanted to point out that there's a uh, new comic every Friday at uh, Anarchy in Your Head. That means today. You that can go and is right. It, it is Friday. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, we, we finished the email, right? That's correct. About uh, how things will change, how we'll get from where we are today with this central authoritarian model of government to what I would hope is a 100% voluntary society. And, of course, it's not going to happen overnight. How could it? How could that even occur? Right. I mean, people seem to want the government to hold their hand every step of the way. Right. So we at least do, somebody else's hand. We do have an incredible job, uh, an education or re-education job ahead of us. There is no doubt about it. But luckily, as I said before, it's not going to take as long because to dumb people down and to indoctrinate them with the government belief system, really, it, it, you have to have ignorance 
You have to have ignorance to have belief in government. And it's so easy to crack the shell of ignorance. It's so easy to show people that what they thought was true about government is, in fact, not true at all. And that's what we do probably on an almost nightly basis here on this program. Perhaps we will see more programs like Free Talk Live in the future, more television like John Stossel and Penn & Teller's BS, which, by the way, just started Season 6 on Showtime, and I'm looking forward to seeing the the first episode, which I believe is entitled War on Porn. That ought to be uh, entertaining. Mm. But great entertaining content like that, we're starting to see more of it now than we've ever seen. A A decade ago, these things didn't exist. John Stossel was, you know... He was a reporter for ABC News a decade ago. Penn and Teller, just a couple magicians. I was just out of high school. And so there's been a lot that's happened in a 10-year span. The Ron Paul campaign, of course, was pretty noteworthy in, in how they utilize the Internet to really help spread the ideas of liberty. And, of course, it really is the Internet that is, that is going to be the catalyst for the change that we're talking about. It's going to allow people like Free Talk Live and people like you that believe in liberty to easily reach out to more people and to get them hooked on this message. Because once you hear it, there's something about it. Even if you don't quite comprehend, even if you don't quite uh, you know, understand all of the ramifications of what liberty means initially, and I know I certainly didn't. It took me a while to get it. So even if you don't understand it right up front, it's, it's addictive. It makes sense. There's just something so right about not aggressing against your neighbors. It does make some sense. So people will get hooked on it, especially as it becomes popularized, especially as we we get closer and closer to that that point of uh, saturation that's out there somewhere off into the future. Now, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's going to be another year. Maybe it's going to be 30. It's hard to say. But once you reach that point of saturation where a certain percentage of the population knows about and has accepted these ideas, it'll spread like wild, uh, like wildfire. So when is that going to happen? I don't know, but it can happen sooner if you get on board with the program. Well, I think that uh, probably a key in that is going to be the Free State Project. I think oh, that yeah. People are going to want to see how freedom and liberty work. Sure. And Real even, life even though it, examples. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just the lack of central government. We, we have it all over, and we've had it here in this country. Plenty. Sure. But, um, they need to be reassured. They need yeah, to feel comfy. They do. And I think the Free State Project is going to help with that a great deal. And if you believe in freedom and liberty, please sign up at freestateproject.org. Right. And that's, that is what this transition is about, right? It's about showing people that... They're in their comfort zones right now, but it's about showing them that liberty means that their comfort zone expands, that it doesn't, get, it doesn't turn into a scarier world, as the government people and the supporters of government would like you to believe that it would, that indeed comfort would expand because you'd have more money in your pocket. You'd take home everything that you were worth instead of having some parasitic government sucking off a significant percentage of your wealth. Wouldn't that make life more comfy if you had an extra few thousand dollars a year to take home and invest in the way that you thought was right? That would be a lot more comfortable for me. I know that much. I think it's more than a few for most people. Well, depending on how wealthy you are, sure, or how much uh, money you're getting in every year. So you'd be comfortable in that way. You'd also be more comfortable in that uh, you wouldn't have to be scared of uh, more 9-11-like attacks from terrorism. because right. the government's causing a... that. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, you don't have to like it. It's just true. The fact is, we're over there, and we're meddling in their business. Of course, they'll come over here, and they'll attack us. That makes perfectly good sense. 
Many people who, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Mark, some of these innocent folk that didn't hurt anybody, that were doing things like giving a, a young lady a ride from the grocery store or perhaps letting their grass grow a little too tall or some of these just the most innocuous uh, so-called crimes out there, those people probably weren't sitting around worrying about what they were doing because they just sort of got caught off guard. But for all of the people who live life sort of underground uh, with their habits, for instance, a marijuana smoker, of which there are many millions of Americans from all economic strata that choose to use marijuana. In fact, we'll check in with John Stossel since I mentioned him about the war on drugs here in a little bit. But drug users, illegal drug users or people that have a mom's prescription bottle or whatever that are frightened to death of being caught, their comfort zone is going to expand because they won't have to worry about being thrown in a jail cell with who knows who because they possess some sort of chemical. You know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, how incrementally we can get from, uh, you know, here to uh, to freedom and how people can be conditioned for it. And I think that uh, in the area of drug use that, you know, medicinal marijuana is a good step in the right direction. First off, there are people out there, I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that need medical marijuana to treat oh, yeah. themselves. They need it. And there are many more uh, beyond that that go and get prescriptions because they have, I have a headache. I have back pain or whatever. They want to smoke pot, which is fine as far and as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. You know, if you have the option, they're incentivized to, to, to go and, and get a prescription and therefore they won't get any trouble. Um, sure. Which I can understand. I do it. So, um, you know, I think that medical marijuana is a way that we can uh, transition into, you know, not putting people in jail that didn't hurt anyone. Sure. So as uh, I mean, we could just come up with example after example. I mean, ending the drug war would result in crime going down. Violent crime almost overnight would would drastically drop. That increases the comfort zone for people that don't even do drugs, for people that are concerned about their family safety from violent criminals. Well, if there's no drug war. If there's no prohibition on drugs and gambling and prostitutes, then what are the gangsters going to do? They can't do anything at well, that point. If, if, if there are no uh, you know, black market things th- uh, to do, then there's gangsters no really don't have that much. There's no money you can make. The, the only thing that they would have is uh, possibly the, uh, the, the protection racket. And that's what we have a problem with today. They're calling that's... themselves government and running a protection racket. Uh, people would be more comfortable in their businesses because they would be able to start a business without begging some unaccountable bureaucracy for permission, without going and filling out endless reams of paperwork and paying f- and filing paperwork and, and paying fines, and, or not fines, I guess fines not the word, right word, bribes, uh, licensing fees, whatever you want to call them, application fees, without having to jump through all these hoops that are so prohibitive to people doing the things they want to do. Boy, that would increase business comfort zones a whole lot, wouldn't it? You didn't have to worry about some armed goons coming in and shutting you down because you didn't pull the right permit. So, there's, I mean, we could just go on and on about the different ways that having a free marketplace would increase people's comfort zones. The trick is getting them to understand that and accept that. And, that's what, and that ties back into what you're saying about the Free State Project. We'll be that example because we'll be able to show, first of all, New Hampshire has a lot less licensed professions than some other states already. So we'll be, you should be able to show just in the business arena, look, New Hampshire... These professions aren't licensed here, but they are over in California, but yet our customers are happy here. So why do you need licensing? You it's know, a scam. I, you, 
you think about this, and it, it seems obvious, but there are two states in the union where you can't pump your own gas, and yeah. somehow or another, the you know the people haven't done anything in those states. This is ludicrous. It's, it's absolutely crazy. insane. Uh, an individual can't pump their own gas, but it just goes to show that the state will get involved in anything it can, and sure. it, remarkably, the sheeple will accept it. Yep. So it, it, it likely would only take a few uh, activists in those states to really get that stopped. But but they don't have those. Those activists aren't there. They're not going to do it if because there, there's if not there, enough of them. Right. If there are activists there, they aren't focusing on that. Right. So we'll see the examples here in New Hampshire of how liberty works and government fails. We'll express those over the airwaves, over the television, over the Internet. And we'll help people come to understand these things. And over time, it will change. And over time, people will say, yeah, I like that liberty thing. Let's give that a try here. Not just in America, but around the world. It'll be a true renaissance, Mark. Hour two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Floodwaters are rising. What's that mean? We'll check in with FEMA here in moments. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website as we roll here in hour number two of the program. The site is freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Enjoy hours free on us. At freetalklive.com. You, as always, can bring up what you want. We go to your phone calls. Tim in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Tim. Tim in Wisconsin going once. Hi. Hello, I'm Tim. Here. What's on your mind? Um, uh, I, another thing I felt like I wanted to tell, you know, that I'm also doing, you know, on my part to help stand for freedom is I made two um, banner signs for uh, my bike basket on, on one of my bikes. Oh, cool. Um, one is a, a Ron Paul um, banner sign with um, with you know banners from Revolution for uh, no, I can't think of that the rest of that you know yeah the Ron yeah, Paul Revolution for Freedom dot sure. com okay and then, th- th- then the other is uh, uh, a sign w- with uh, a freedom you know movement you know banner you know the title banner at the top great and then, well. and, then and then under that i i have you know four website banners um you know free movement website banners wow how do you I fit all that on your bicycle you said you got a basket or something yeah mm-hmm. i i tape it you know to the the, the baskets from the, gotcha. the from the inside and then hey anyway, you got to do for, what you you got to do what you the, can you know get the word out there for, for the website banners i i i wanted to tell um 
I got TakeBackWashington.com on it, and then the Kick Them All Out Project uh, website banner on it, and then the the Infowars.com one. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the viewpoint of all your banners, but I appreciate you getting them out there, and I'd like to thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for for you. I don't think that taking back Washington is worth a, a dime's worth of effort at this point, but, you know, hey. Good for you, man. Get it, get your ideas out there. You know, whatever way you can. It, it, it's better than what we got. Yeah, but not really. I mean, it's a, just pretty. It seems like a big waste of money and waste of time. To I me. think Washington's too uh, too ripe of a plum yeah. for the, uh, the 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 criminals. Yeah, good luck there. going up against them and their big money and all that, right? Yeah, well, they can. They seem to control the legal system too. So I don't know how you're going to. Exactly. But, Let's go to John Stossel. He has a thing or two to say about drugs. We were talking um, last hour about the transition, how to get from where we are today with this uh, society that believes in government, even though they even though they for the most part are un satisfied with it yeah even though americans really don't like government very much they still believe that it's necessary and and john stossel is doing a really great job of getting the word out to uh, a lot of americans not just with his television program which of course he's the one of the anchors of 2020 and does a number of uh stossel specials from time to time these hour-long really great specials but he also um has a blog uh, i guess over at townhall.com now town hall I I was shocked to see John Stussell pop up on this particular website. I mean, the other people on this site, Bill Bennett, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, the site is run by Salem Communications. Hmm. Now, Salem Communications, they bought Town Hall a while back. It's always been sort of a conservative firebrand website or whatever, but uh, Salem Communications is one of the most religiously based kind of ultra conservative radio syndicators out there there are certain um we have no salem stations in our lineup of uh, of affiliates likely stations. we'll never get on one probably we'll never get on one there's one guy that uh, that programs one in detroit who really likes the show and uh his name's Zarin. he's a yeah. cool guy we see Z's, him at, z is probably not gonna be able to pull it off yeah though, i wouldn't think we see him at every single convention but the fact is you know, shows like ours are locked out of their kind of lineup. I mean, these guys program Christian talk stations, and then they also program talk stations which are... Conservative talk. Which, well, I mean, it's like they're Christian, but they're a little more obscured, well, they, basically. Well, they're religious. Uh, they have Michael yeah. Medved and Dennis Prager, who are not uh, uh, Christians. Medved's a, a Jewish guy, right? Right. I think Prager is, too. Uh, so, But anyway, my point here is that this town hall, this website that's all about ultra-conservatism... Has John Stossel blogging on there. Now, Stossel is not a conservative. Well, the, but the He's conservative a, see him as one. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever it takes to get these ideas into into the uh, the Americans' minds, whether it be appearing on a conservative site or a liberal site. I, I'm sure there are liber, so-called liberal sites that also have uh, libertarian or liberty pro-liberty commentary. But, I mean, to, to see an article entitled Legalize All Drugs by John Stossel show up on this particular website. Wow. That's got to be a shocker for some of their readers. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd agree. It good, shocks me. Good for Stossel. Anyway, here's what he has to say. The other day, reading the New York Post's popular Page 6 gossip page, I was surprised to find a picture of me, followed by the lines, ABC's John Stossel wants the government to stop interfering with your right to get high. The crowd went silent at his call to legalize hard drugs. I had attended a marijuana policy project event celebrating New York State Assembly's passage of a medical marijuana bill. Now, the bill hasn't yet passed the New York Senate. I told the audience that I thought it was pathetic that the mere half-passage of the bill to allow sick people to try a possible remedy would merit such a celebration. 
Of course medical marijuana should be legal. For adults, everything should be legal. I'm amazed that the health police are so smug in their opposition. After years of reporting on the drug war, I'm convinced that this war does more harm than any drug. Independent of that harm, adults ought to own our own bodies. So it's not intellectually honest to argue that only marijuana should be legal, and only for certain sick people, and only if approved by the state. Every drug should be legal. How could you say such a ridiculous thing, asked my assistant. Heroin and cocaine have a permanent effect. If you do crack just once, you're automatically hooked. Legal hard drugs would create many more addicts, and that leads to more violence, homelessness, out-of-wedlock births, etc. Well, after all, that's what she was taught at government school, right? Her diatribe is a good summary of the drug warrior's arguments. Most Americans probably agree with what she said. In fact, Mark, you probably would have agreed with what she said not five, four or five years ago. Not too far from that. Um, I, I know that one time uh, trying crack isn't going to get you addicted. But what most Americans believe is wrong. I should say. Myth number one. Heroin and cocaine have a permanent effect. Truth? There's no evidence of that. In the 1980s, the press reported that crack babies were permanently damaged. Rolling Stone, citing one study of, a study of just 23 babies, claimed that crack babies were oblivious to affection automatons. Turns out, it simply wasn't true. There is no proof that crack babies do worse than anyone else in later life. Myth number two. If you do crack once, you're hooked. Truth? Look at the numbers. 15% of young adults have tried crack, but only 2% used it in the last month. If crack is so addictive, why do most people who've tried it no longer use it? And, by the way, I would say crack is rather addictive. However, um, to, to, when you overstate these things uh, by, by such an extent, people, are, uh, you know, people feel lied to. People once said heroin was nearly impossible to quit. But during the Vietnam War, thousands of soldiers became addicted. And when they returned home, 85% quit within one year. People have free will. Most who use drugs eventually wise up and stop. And most people who use drugs habitually live perfectly responsible lives, as Jacob Sullum pointed out in Saying Yes, which is uh, Jacob Sullum's involved over at Reason Magazine. And Saying Yes, I believe, is uh, one of his new books uh, advocating the repeal of prohibition. Myth number three, drugs cause crime. The truth, the drug war causes crime. Few drug users hurt or rob people because they're high. Most of the crime occurs because the drugs are illegal and available only through the black market. Drug sellers arm themselves and form gangs because they cannot ask the police to protect their persons and property. In turn, some buyers steal to pay the high black market prices. The government says heroin, cocaine, and nicotine are similarly addictive. And about half the people who both smoke cigarettes and use cocaine say smoking is at least as strong of an urge as the coke addiction. I, I I would say so. But no one's robbing convenience stores for Marlboros. Well, almost no one, John. Let's not ignore New York State and their incredibly high taxes that they placed on cigarettes. After they put those high taxes on cigarettes, the government went and created itself a cigarette interdiction squad. And it was a group of bureaucrats that went around trying to bust people for for smuggling cigarettes because because the price had risen so high in the legitimate marketplace that the black marketeers decided it was time to start cashing in. So as a result of that, you did see some robberies happen when it came to uh, to cigarettes. But nonetheless, his point is still valid. It's it's prohibition or government regulation that drives the underground marketplace. Right. And cigarettes are you know only semi-legal because of all the uh, taxes that are on them. 
toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. You can talk drugs or whatever's on your mind. We'll also talk about Salvia, the new uh, the new drug of choice for the anti-drug war zealots, or the, not, excuse me, anti-drug war, but the pro-drug uh, war zealots. They are attacking Salvia pretty heavily, and we'll talk a little bit more about what it is here in moments. Also hear a little more from Stossel. Take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. Bring up what you want at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. The bulletin board system is one of those features. With over 350,000 posts, there's a lot to talk about. Everything from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. So get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Travel less, buy less gasoline, spend less money. You can meet online, try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com and enter promo code 600, that's 600, to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter promo code 600, start your free trial today. 800-259-9231. Continuing with a few thoughts from John Stossel, and we'll get to your phone calls here. This from uh, John Stossel at Town Hall. It's a very strange place to see such pro-liberty articles because generally it's a right-wing website. But anyway, Stossel's talking about how uh, he was at a, a marijuana policy project event recently when, when he was speaking on stage, he suggested that everything should be legal. And apparently there was some hushed tones uh, about the room that he was in. People could were shocked that someone would come out and say such a thing. Well, thank goodness John Stossel's out there saying it because he's got credibility. He's uh, one of America's top newsmen, and people pay attention to what John Stossel says. And the fact is, John Stossel is right. He's absolutely 100% right. It is high time that people uh, got, got on board this, uh, this particular message of the re-legalization of drugs. It just makes sense. Because people are being harmed by this drug war. As John Stossel points out, more people are harmed by the drug war than the actual drugs themselves. And he points out that, uh, sure, some drugs are addictive, but so are cigarettes. And nobody's robbing convenience stores to get a pack of Marlboros. Because cigarettes are relatively legal. Yeah, they're really taxed to death in some states. And that needs to stop, too. But... Nobody's stealing things to buy a fifth of Jack Daniels. It just doesn't happen because the products are so affordable because they're legal. And that means that anybody who wants to create those products, well, of course, then there's probably licensing for bottling companies and things like that. But you can still brew your own beer in your basement if you want to, right? Yeah, you can. So anybody I was that, about doing it myself. Anybody that wants to, to make their own beer can do that. And so because of that... Because of that freedom to compete, because of that freedom to create, there's very, very low prices for beer. Unlike heroin or cocaine, where it's prohibited, and therefore the individuals who are willing to offer those services to the market, or those products to the marketplace, have to really make it worth their while. They have to take risks. They have to be of a certain, you know, criminalistic mindset in order to, uh, to do this successfully. And in many cases, that results in, in violence. For the users, it results in theft and crime because the drugs are so expensive because the, the black market increases product uh, prices because of the reason I mentioned earlier, because the dealers have to make it worth their while. They're not going to go and run hundreds of pounds of cocaine across the country for, you know, a hundred bucks. 
they're going to do it for ten thousand bucks or right. or five thousand bucks or something like that, something significant where you can make a few trips and retire. So. There are plenty of reasons to uh, re-legalize drugs, and I'm sure Stossel doesn't touch on them all because he's only got a few more things to say. But he points out that alcohol prohibition created Al Capone and the mafia. Drug prohibition is worse. It's corrupting whole countries and financing terrorism. The Post wrote, Stossel admitted his own 22-year-old daughter doesn't think legalization is a good idea. But that's not what she said. My daughter argued that legal cocaine would probably lead to more cocaine use and therefore probably abuse. I'm not so sure. Banning drugs certainly hasn't kept the young people from getting them. We can't even keep these drugs out of prisons. How do we expect to keep them out of America? You think throwing more money at the problem is going to solve it? Hiring more cops? Doing more investigations? It's never solved anything, and the guys over at Law Enforcement Against Prohibition can certainly tell you that for sure. Right, you know, and what they've said, uh, what they've said, and, and I have to at- entirely agree, is when you pull, when you grab a burglar or you grab a serial killer, you have the full expectation, uh, full, and and you're going to likely see that burglaries are going to go down and murderers are going to murders are going to go down. Yeah, but when you grab a um, when you nab a drug dealer, are you going to see drug crime decrease? Of course no. not. Somebody's going to step into his shoes, and they're going to do it right quick because there's a lot of profit to be made in it. Exactly right. The, 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 and the customers... And we're giving them those... Uh, you know, uh, the, the people that uh, support the drug war, they're giving those profits to those people. Absolutely are. The customers of those uh, dealers, if a dealer gets popped, the customers probably have a backup. They can call somebody else. Maybe his service wasn't quite as good, but they'll call that particular person, and they'll get their, their drugs. I mean, these people are resourceful. They know what to do, and as you said, someone else will step in to fill the dealer's shoes eventually. Maybe one of the customers will see the market opportunity, will smell the money, and won't be able to pass it up. Stossel says, let's assume, though, that my daughter's right, and that legalization would lead to more experimentation and more addiction. I still say legal is better. While drugs harm many, the drug war's black market harms more. And most importantly, in a free country, adults should have the right to harm themselves. And I'm sorry, even if we're talking about teenagers here, I know John Stossel qualifies his statements by saying that adults should be able to make these choices, but the fact is we all know that teenagers are going to want to choose these things as well. They do, and they will still continue to do so on into the future. Cigarettes are illegal for teens, and they get them. But there is no way you could argue that putting a teenager in a jail cell is going to help them with their drug problem. Well, a lot I of don't people, believe it. Uh, with teens, they don't mind toss, the idea of tossing them in jail for a little while to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. But uh, That just would make me hate the state even more. Right. I, I think that it's foolish. I mean, just because they don't have the responsibilities that adults do doesn't mean that uh, the jail's a good place for them. I can tell you the jail is not a good place for them. I, I learned how to hotwire a car in jail. Um, I, you know, saw some guys, you know, practicing how to rob a bank, and so therefore I, you know, at least learned to some extent how to rob bank, uh, talked to lots of criminals of lots of different stripes. Yes, I learned that crime doesn't pay in jail. I did. But there are many, sure does. many, many crime people. Pays. Crime pays. Otherwise, no one would do it. It pays maybe short term. Well, that much is true. The longer you do the crime, the more likely uh, you're going to face some sort of consequences for it. But nonetheless, uh, Stossel's got it nailed here. And, of course, it's a sensible position. It's the right position to respect the choices of our neighbors. Our neighbors will make choices we disagree with, but that's okay. Because as long as we allow them to make those choices for themselves and suffer whatever consequences come, then you'll be free to make your own choices and make your own mistakes. And isn't that what freedom is all about? The freedom to choose and the freedom to make mistakes? 
Besides, the drug war certainly hasn't stopped people from choosing drugs. It has just made it more expensive for them to make those choices and therefore has spurred all kinds of dangerous and violent crime. The only sensible position is what John Stossel is advocating, and that is the re-legalization of all drugs. Because they used to be legal. They used to be legal, and the percentages of people using them were similar, or some could argue even lower than they are today. So, your thoughts at 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. Let's talk to Rob in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I'm, I called to tell you about uh, Portugal. I was there in, in March. Okay. And it's a really strange thing. First of all, I flew into Portugal from a flight on Amsterdam and had some, uh, you know, security passport control in Amsterdam and had my passport ready when I got off the airport in, uh, in Faro in Portugal. Saw the signs to passport control, but they've taken all, all of it away. There's no passport control when you land in Portugal. I'm not sure I understand what that means, but I want to find out more. So hang on. We're going to bring you back. More coming up. This is your show. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us, and those features include the archives. If you missed a moment of the show, just click and download. We've got up to an entire year available free on our website at freetalklive.com. So enjoy all of that for free on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop at the Free Talk Live store. Get great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more, all available at store.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Rob in Ontario. Rob, you were telling us about Portugal. You had gotten off the plane and you were saying something about the passports. What what was going on? Well, there's no customs. You you just exit the plane from your flight and you're there in the country. There's there's absolutely wait no a check. minute. Wait wait a minute. What are you telling me that the terrorists aren't just blowing the hell out of Portugal right now? <laughs> well, from what I hear, uh, you know, in the Algarve, the southern area of Portugal is 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 quite a, uh, a holiday spot for a lot of the uh, let's say the underworld in Europe. Interesting. But, um, you know, there's no passport control. There was no passport control when I flew into Madrid. N- no customs. Huh. However, I took a, a, a ferry from North Africa into Spain, mm-hmm. and there was passport control there. So it, it seems like they do it you know, within they the like European it. Union, if you're flying within the European Union, they don't seem to have too much interest in checking out wow. you know, who you are or whatever. But One of those dirty Africans, Africa, on the other hand. Now, uh, Portugal isn't that free because, for example, it's very socialistic. Everyone has a guaranteed pension in, in Portugal. And once you hire someone in Portugal, if you're a business owner, it is against the law to fire them. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the same thing, pretty much. So you've got this one side, which is totally free. People can come and go, and yet hmm. it's very socialistic. Interesting observation. It's basically liberal. 
I'm glad that you uh, you shared that with me. Very it's a interesting. beautiful place to visit, but you know you don't need your passport at least to get to Portugal. But what a wonderful example of uh, you know just a, sh- a slap in the face to this whole security state idea that has so infected Americans here. The idea that we need to crack down and not let anybody come in and go out. You got to show your papers. We got uh, immigration checkpoints. We got uh, customs. We got uh, you know X-ray machines and you know all kinds of doodads and uh, bomb sniffing dogs and everything to try to allegedly stop terrorism, but they're not bombing Portugal. No, now, and you know what? I, I flew into Amsterdam, which is a very liberal city mm-hmm. in the true sense of the word, and there was passport control, but all they did is they stamp your passport and, and let you go. There was basically not, no other purpose other than putting a stamp in your passport. No yeah, question. Just a bureaucratic uh, procedure. I, you know, I really like having my passport stamped. I like all those little stamps on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a you know souvenir, but then then of course downtown Amsterdam is a wonderful place. Uh, you can buy uh, hash and and marijuana and magic mushrooms. It's all legal. Hey, there. good times, good times. Yeah, I would say if I was to visit Europe, Amsterdam would definitely be a destination for me. No doubt about that. I'm glad you called to share that. I want to thank you for the call tonight. Yeah, no problem. Yes, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, so wait a minute. So there are countries that people can literally just walk into. And they're as Western as anywhere else. Portugal's, you know, they've got Pepsi. Yeah. They've got Britney Spears over there. So it's clear. I mean, there's this just evidence piled on evidence that the reason why terrorism happened in America wasn't because they hate our freedoms. It's because they hate the fact that the American government people are occupying what they consider their holy land, their home countries. They're well, killing people over there. They've relative, you don't, you don't think that would piss you off? It was happening here. Relatively recently, uh, they attack. Uh, you know, in uh, there were attacks in uh, Spain and uh, the UK too. But I believe both of those were part of the coalition um, that are in Iraq. Mm, yes, that is exactly I know, right. I, I can't tell you whether or not uh, that's true with Portugal. It's all about the intervention factor. And if you listen to what Osama bin Laden actually has to say, as far as the reasons that the nine eleven happened. And other terrorism happens. It's because they are killing people. The government people are over in their countries killing people. It's not so much the killing. It's the uh, occupation. Yeah, it's it's the occupation keeping the uh, the status quo um, in effect. The the, you know the rulers of Saudi Arabia are just the people that happen to be in charge. They're kings, and there's no reason at all that we should be using uh, uh, you know our power to keep those kings in line just because those particular kings will give us oil, whereas the other ones won't. Tell me it's not a war for oil. So more uh, more clear evidence there. The whole Uh, occupation for the last 50 years has been about oil. Let's continue and talk to Jeff in Houston. on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, guys, I'd like to comment on what you're saying. I, I tell you, you're, you guys are absolutely 100% right. It has to do with foreign policy. And, of course, the CIA, I think I've said this before, they're, you know, the president's secret armies, army and part of their policy advisors. But uh, you can Google search renegade movement for my political website, and it's on government corruption and cover-ups, and you can read about some of this stuff. In particular... Uh, at the very top, uh, you can see a section regarding the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And I think that that determines who are the real political terrorists. We are not criminals. We are not terrorists. We're activists. We're protesters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, expressing our political beliefs. Sure. And I truly believe, based on history and based on what's happening, that the FBI and some of these other government agencies, they are the real political terrorists. And a good example would be Earth First activist Judy Barry and Daryl Chernery, 
when a pipe bomb exploded under her seat in her car in Oakland, California, well, they originally tried to tar- tar- uh, charge them as terrorists. And the FBI was on the scene really fast, and they did a big investigation and smeared them as terrorists. And come to find out... Wait a minute. Let me see if I, I'm following you correctly, Jeff. You're saying that a um, an activist had a pipe bomb go off under her own seat of her car? Her first activist, that's right. Uh, and they accused Barry. her of planting it there? Or they accused her of being a bomber? They accused her of being a terrorist, a domestic terrorist, her and Daryl uh, Turnery. And, you know, they... Either they charged him or tried to charge him, and then there was a big investigation. Come to find out, um, someone from the FBI's bomb building school planted the bomb under the car. I think it was designed to kill both of them. And, of course, uh, they they ended up filing a lawsuit in Oakland, California. Judge Claudia Wilkins was the judge in the case. They won $4.4 million against, I think it was, four FBI agents and three Oakland, California police officers. It was a landmark case. Hmm. Did they get the money? You can can Google search Judy Bari. It's J-U-D-I-B-A-R-I for her case. Or you can Google search Renegade Movement for my All right. Two blogs is more than enough. Or two uh, plugs, rather. Well, I mean, and that's not not the only thing. I mean, you know, the the FBI's engaged in in, uh, trying to, you know, uh, plant... Uh, you know, like pipe bomb material on people's property that, you know, the people had no idea it was so, there. So what were they, they, uh, they were doing it because they wanted to target her because they didn't like her activism? Is that the idea? She was a big organizer, guys. Judy was a very good organizer, and she organized protest, and, and that's what the gov- political protest yeah. is. And the government does not like people organizing. I guarantee you, if you go out and try to organize 10 million people, 20 million people, or ever how many, um, you know, you'll be targeted because they do not like political uh, activity. Well, I luckily, mean, we haven't seen any targeting going on here in New Hampshire. Jeff, thanks for bringing that story up. It sounds absolutely outrageous, and I'm sure those uh, who are interested in more details will certainly look into it. And it sounds totally believable to me that, uh, you know, certain elements in the government, they don't like being uh, talked out against, and they're willing to take, you know, use underhanded methods to uh, to take care of those problems. I can hardly believe the FBI was planting bombs on these uh, these activists, but... Go look up his information. I mean, he claims they got a settlement, so there's got to be some evidence there, right? Yeah. All right. Well, what they I mean, get a settlement for otherwise? Yeah, we have to take, you know, got to take him at his word, because uh, we can't, we don't have time to research all the claims every caller makes. Yeah, how can but, we? Yeah, but but so far we haven't seen any real targeting here in New Hampshire, and maybe that's because... There's no real uh, leadership structure as far as the Free State Project is concerned. We're talking about a group of liberty-loving activists, 20,000 of them that are moving here to New Hampshire. The president of the New Hampshire Underground is a seven-year-old. That's true. The president of the Free State Project, however, is uh, a lady uh, probably in her 30s, I would Mm -hmm. guess. And uh, she hasn't been targeted. The founder of the Free State Project hasn't been targeted. The organizers of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance have yet to be targeted. So what what are the criteria you know, for the FBI or, or whoever, you know, whatever black operators there are out there, uh, underground operators targeting these people. What are their criteria? Who did she threaten? Who is she putting in danger? All speculation at this point. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Certainly no one here in, Amer- in uh, New Hampshire is scared. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
Com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Well, now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's Internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more. All at Internobs.com. The poles really, pulls and knobs and all that stuff really are cheaper. All you have to do is compare. Let's go to your phone calls. Ziggy, across the pond in the U.K., you're on Free Talk Live, Zig. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Okay, to explain to you that the European Union is meant to be based upon the free uh, movement of goods and people. So most of the countries in the uh, European Union, there is no, more, no longer any passport control. However, some countries do have an opt-out. The U.K. has an opt-out. I think Denmark and Ireland also. So you're saying that in the U.K. and a few other places that they will check passports internally in the, U- in the EU? Yeah. In some places, but mostly they don't. So um, if you're no. coming over from, if you're coming to Portugal from the United States, will you have to go through customs yeah. at that point? Yeah, if you come from outside the, the, the uh, EU. Um, I see. You know, the EU is, when, you, you know, the, the, the EU is progressing towards the United States of Europe, and, and I do actually support that idea. Um, Basically, because the British economy on its own will not be able to compete with the likes of China and India in, in, in the years to come. Whereas so you're saying you support centralization? No, I don't support the centralization. That is, that is the flaw. That is the, that is the problem. Um, essentially, uh, I'm a British liberal who um, supports internationalism, but we do um, try and say that we believe in, believe in, in decentralization. The problem is you do have to have some centralization when it comes to um, finance, essentially the EU, uh, the Euro, uh, single European currency, which the, the British government have yet to um, adopt. So, uh, okay, so basically the benefits of uh, having the... Uh, the, the benefits of having the ability to, to trade and to, to travel between the European Union states is, is certainly a good thing. I would certainly agree there, but having a big centralized government has never led to anything positive. And Right, and when you talk about the British economy, you're talking about this uh, collection of people, um, this arbitrary collection of people that, uh, you know, their economy is better. And I don't, you know, like, why? What difference does it make whether it's your economy, whether it's the British economy or, you know, somebody in Britain or somebody in uh, Ireland? Or what difference does it make? Because in a few years', a few years time, you know, all the jobs and, and services are going to go to the likes of India and China. And I'm not saying I shouldn't. And on well, that's what they've been saying over here for a long time, Ziggy, about how the jobs are leaving. The, the jobs will change. Right. We've still got jobs here, and there have been a lot of jobs that have gone overseas, but new jobs are created in their place. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not denying that, but considering the growth, the growth here and, and the growth in, in, in the Far East, you know, there is a, you know, there's a disparity, and, and, and therefore um, I believe if the EU comes together... It would be the most powerful economy in the world. Well, good and luck with that, Zig. I don't think that uh, you know a centralized bureaucracy is going to in any way improve an economy. I mean, it's it, more centralized command and control means uh, more inefficiency and less ability for local people to make decisions for themselves. I don't that, see how that, that's. Yeah, I, 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 I do not, I do not deny that that isn't a problem because it is. You know, however. Um, I, 
I I believe that you know I want a free you know you, you know I I believe in the European project in the sense that I believe in a free trade zone I believe in the, the free movement of goods and people and I do believe some homogenisation you know is is not a bad thing um, but you know I I have to admit I do have a bit of a problem with the with the current structure in in the fact that the council of ministers which are minister foreign ministers from each country meet in secret and are the executive well i mean you don't think that's going to get cleaned up anytime soon do you it's just going to get worse it'll become more obscured and more difficult to have any idea of what's going on uh and i mean look at what happened to the I'm, united I'm states be, in, 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 dude i'm trying to be pragmatic here well You're that's too, the problem <laughs> the reason i pulled my amp money from you is because you're too much of an idolog your head are in the clouds yeah. Dude, well, whatever. You need to be more pragmatic. Sorry, I can't agree with you there. You're talking about me supporting tyranny? I'm not, never going to do it. Yeah, tyranny to you, dude, is not tyranny to most people. I understand that. That's just you because know, they haven't what, opened their what, eyes what yet. Say, what I am saying is that basically, you know, I, you have to be pragmatic in this, in this world. No, you, you know? don't. And I don't. We can be pro-liberty, we can be principled, and we can help other people understand principle as well. And they do understand it once it's presented to them in an understandable fashion. And that's what we were talking about before, John Zig Stossel. And Ziggy, you don't think I, I present a more pragmatic view on the show? Um, funny enough, when I talk about with, with my, friend, my, my friends, you know, they always say, oh, well, Mark, he is a bit better than, than Ian. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 have, I have been in the, you know, I, I've... It's hard for me because, yes, on one sense, I do believe in, in individual freedom. But on the other hand, I, I see a world around me, and I see that absolute libertarianism would not work, not in the, society, not in the British society. Britons would never go for it, and they're never going to. Someone can make those statements about Americans, too, so why don't you just give up, Ziggy, and, well, you know, throw I in think, the towel? I think we have to take steps, um, and I think that, you know, that's fine. I don't know if I, I, I like the idea of more centralized government in, in the EU. I, I can see some of the uh, arguments that he's making. However, I don't think that a centralized uh, European Union is gonna, going to be able to compete against China and India, where uh, they have lower, you know, costs for labor than, um, you know, anything else. I think... I. I, I don't see that particular no. point. However, I do see the point of pragmatism. It'll just result. It just will result, result in what it always has, and that is political people rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies. More protectionism, bigger taxes, more controls, and that's what you're going to get, Ziggy. And if you want to call it pragmatic and you want to pat yourself on the back for it, then you enjoy yourself. Well, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. You should should, should check out. Um, there's a think tank, a classical liberal think tank over here called, uh, it's an oxymoron name, it's called Progressive Vision, it's not progressive, it is classical liberal. And that basically would, would um, they basically reflect my points of view. It is a pragmatic uh, approach to libertarianism. So it's, you know, it's, it's worth just reading through, it's got some novel ideas. All right, Zick. Cheers, thanks. Bye. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I don't imagine we uh, lose too many amplifiers for that reason.
You're too radical. I had to pull my money. Well, the the part that I don't like about it is that uh, somehow you are free talk live and your opinions are free talk live and mine yeah. aren't. That's that's not entirely fair. <laughs> I mean, I sit here every single night of the week and I, I do yeah. bring up practicality against your uh, ideology every time. So to pull well, ant money, time. I do. I, in, in, in the interest <laughs> of not getting bogged down with uh, you know arguing with you about every yeah. single point that you bring up, I you know I, I let it go by and and uh, bring it up when it when it seems important to me but to pull amp money um which i get not a penny of uh, but it does go towards the the business that i'm involved in um but you know to pull amp money because of your view doesn't seem entirely fair to me when i sit here and hey, i he's bring... being pragmatic mark you don't have to be principled if you're being pragmatic 800-259-9231 you bring up whatever you want Pragmatism is what has got us to this point. Compromise is what has gotten us to this point. If the people that were in favor of liberty had always stood strong, and they had always refused tyranny, and they'd always uh, objected and protested over the advancements of the state and those who would deem to, uh, deem to control others, if those who'd always believed in liberty had always stood up for it instead of just bending over, grabbing their ankles and being pragmatists, then we wouldn't be where we are today. So it's the pragmatists who are to blame for the advance of tyranny as far as I'm concerned. Um, the pragmatists want to see small advances, you know, see smaller, more incremental advances in liberty simply because they don't believe that uh, in, in larger advances. I'll take a large advance. I just don't think I'm going to get it. So I'm willing to take smaller advances. Um, I don't believe in giving ground. That's what Ziggy sounds like he was talking about. Well, I, I, giving I, ground to centralization. I can see why he would. Um, you know, I, I, Someone I gave of, a lot of ground in the past, Mark. Somebody sure. gave a lot of ground. It, you, no, it's that they didn't have the power. What is that? What's that mean? The power? You mean well, guns? Men with guns? Is that what you mean? Uh, no, the, the people's uh, minds and hearts. They individually inside themselves did not have the power? They didn't have people's attitudes on their side. You know, Henry David Thoreau, I believe, is famous for saying something about, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, uh, you know, essentially if there are so many laws that everything is outlawed, then the, the right place for him is in a prison cell. And if more people had adopted that particular viewpoint, then everything would have crumbled early on. Because as more absurd laws were passed and more people disobeyed them, the state would have crumbled in upon itself. So those who are compromising are who's, who to blame. Who, whoever compromised in the past, it's all their fault where we are today. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Provider and licensing details are available. If this is your paycheck and this is your debt, what are your options? File bankruptcy and tread water the next seven years? Or make a call for Care One Credit Counseling Services and start getting out of debt today. A Care One Credit Counseling Agency can help you get immediate relief from stress caused by debt. And you'll have one lower monthly payment instead of the pile you have right now. Call a Care One agent today and you can start saving hundreds of dollars in fees and interest payments. Care One agencies have helped over 4 million people get out of debt and they can help you too. Call 800-952-9224. 800-952-9224. And find out how you can lower your monthly payments up to 57%. One 15-minute phone call can change your life. Call 800-952-9224. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we launch here into hour number three of the program, you can bring up anything. We'll talk Salvia here in a moment. But first we go to your calls. Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, honey, and I thought I'd let you know that it's not the tomatoes making people sick. I've been eating them. Um, <laughs> we think we know what's causing this. Okay. They've been hauling human waste all over the country oh, to different no. places like uh, where the farmers have cattle and stuff like that. And it's, it's hauled in open trucks, and it even drips on the highways. And we think with all the rain we've had, there's a possibility. I mean, we've been having some real heavy rain. Yeah. And we think it's possibly gotten into the water aquifer. So Everybody think, here is sick. So you don't think that the tomatoes are um, contaminated with E. coli? What was that? You don't think that the tomatoes are contaminated with E. coli? No, I've been eating them. Uh-uh. They're fine. Well, well I mean, but it, just because the tomatoes you got. I mean, it, it's, no, it's one tomato in a million. They haven't had a problem with them. Huh? Okay. Well, now, Mark, I mean, the, the tomato thing, obviously... Well, it's see, the... I know a gentleman that got uh, this disease, MRSA, from him. He used to haul this stuff, and they haul it in open trucks, and it drips on the highways. Well, I can tell you that uh, the fact is that, um, you know, fertilizers have definitely increased in, uh, you know, in cost recently. And, and, yes, they are using more waste. I don't know if they're using human waste yeah, in particular, well, but they're using yeah, definitely they're using manure. Yeah, they're human waste. So he's been hauling human waste for years. So you're, fact, saying, it's all over the country. you're saying everyone is sick where you live? Yeah, the whole county here is sick. The whole county. Yeah. I'll be damned, Paula. What are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm you know. You're going to call your uh, representatives on this one? Oh, yeah, we already have, yeah. Hell, we call, make we, we me call, better. We're sick. Yeah, we call, home, we call Homeland Security, DEP, EPA. Yeah, what uh, they tell we got you? got a hold of the health department. There's, there's information on this at the health department right here. There's pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. So what did they tell you? Huh? What did they tell we, you we, when we've you been called? Trying to get it, we've been trying to get it stopped. But we couldn't get any help. So let me see if I've got this straight. You're saying that people in your area are getting sick because people are hauling, waste haulers are hauling human waste in dump trucks, and it's just spilling out all over the roads, and it's getting yeah, into it the water system. The yeah, this guy just got, um, DOT just stopped two of them. Now, are these like porta potty trucks that you're talking about? No, Who? these are regular just open trucks that haul this stuff. They're hauling human waste. Why would yeah. they be doing that? They're taking it to farms. Oh, oh, okay. So they are specifically using it yeah, to fertilize yeah, things. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you just said it was just spilling. Area here, and they're putting it on the farms where the cattle are. The cattle are getting sick. People eating the cows, and they're getting sick from that, too. Yeah. Do you have any actual evidence to back this up? Oh, yeah. Up? It's all right here at the health department, yeah. Oh, well, the health There's department. pictures and everything. So, they they found right. Tampexes right, laying right out in the pasture. Tampex? Tampex. <laughs> <laughs> Better proof than, than anything. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt that they're using human waste as fertilizer. I, yeah. I, you know, I, how but they haul it, gonna, I can't tell you. Right, but how's that going to make somebody sick? I mean, they've got filtering systems in the water purification places. Dirty, dirty monkeys, that's how. Well, uh, DEP's getting on it right now. Well, wait a minute. Now, hold on a second, Paula. Are you saying people are getting sick because the water system is getting infected? We believe it's gotten into the water. We're sitting right on top of the water aquifer right here where well, we're at. Well, are you guys just putting cups in the river and drinking out of it? Or, I mean, how no, are you getting your uh-uh. water? I mean, people have wells here. Oh, wells. Now, don't mm-hmm. you have to have some sort of purification system in order to drink well water? No. no. You're just drinking deep, well water straight? Now, shallow water, yeah, maybe you want to do it. Shallow well, but deep wells, you don't have to do that. Deep oh, I see. Clean. So, is that true, Mark? Yeah, she's right. 
I see. I've got, uh, I really don't have much of anything as far as filtration on my water. So wait, if the well is deep enough, isn't it the earth that acts as the filtration system? It's been doing it for a long time, yeah. So wait a minute, why is it that all of a sudden human feces... A lot of people have shallow wells here. Well, then that's their problem, Paula. They didn't build their wells correctly. They need to talk to whoever well, it was that put that in well, there. Well, the thing is, though, this stuff is getting in the ground. And see, when we have rain, it 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 travels, and then it you know the wind picks up and it blows. You know. But wait, do you have a shadow uh, a shallow well? No, I have a deep well. And you're sick? No, I'm not. My husband I thought you is. said everyone was. Your husband's sick. Yeah, but I'm not. But he lives in the same house as you. Yeah, I know. We don't know where we got it from. Well, it seems to me that, look, I'm no scientific expert, but, but cousin it seems to me that that's just it. nonsense. I mean, it, look, the, these deep wells have been keeping uh, fecal matter out of your water for years and years just because they're using, uh, allegedly using human feces to fertilize plants does not mean not that you're in any greater danger of anything. No, the stuff on the roads, when, when you could be driving behind one of these trucks, and this stuff would just, you know, would get on you and you know, oh, just drive on. behind it. <laughs> yeah, it can, yeah. I mean, these trucks are open trucks. Yeah. It's just sloshing around back there, huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> on the road, yeah. I know a gentleman that got sick from it. He used to haul it, and he told me, you know, how, you know what was Come happening. Come on. Look, so I've seen the porta potty trucks before. It's MRSA that you get from this. Have you ever had your septic tank pumped, Paula? Yeah. They don't pump that in the back of an open truck. They put it into a sealed. No, uh, I'm saying when it's hauled from once they take it into the you know to the to the county, then they haul it in other trucks. All right. Back well, to the farms. I guess you guys are going to die out there, huh? Well, that, but down in Fort Myers, they're turning everybody to um, um, Boulder Water. We're never going to hear from Paula again, or at least her She's husband. She's fine. She's yeah, yeah, that's well. true. That's true. Well, well they have helicopters dying. flying all over Fort Myers. They were dropping it. pamphlets telling everybody to boil their water. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right, Paula, thanks for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate it. Look out, everybody. Look out. If you've got a shallow well and you didn't... I mean, that sounds like a good tip. If you built a shallow well and you didn't put filtration stuff in there, then tisk tisk. Well, there's, you're at risk. Uh, there's there's several different types of filtration. You can do the reverse osmosis, although in a lot of bacteria, that doesn't... Does it keep the, fe- the fecal matter out? <laughs> Look. Because that's the concern, it, right? It would be the particles that would, that would be a concern. Um, but they have these UV filters. Mm-hmm. It's ultraviolet, and it, it, it zaps them and uh, kills off the little bacteria. But wait, Mark, that's radiation. That could hurt you. No, it's light. No? Oh, yeah. Laser. Laser. There's electromagnetic waves there, though. That might hurt you. Might uh, Everything. Paula thinks everything's going to hurt her. I'm glad I don't live that lifestyle. Hypochondriac? That's the word. I always always lose that word and confuse it with uh, with another one. I'm getting it now. Hypochondriac. The people that, that believe that, you know... They're sick all the time, and the belief system that uh, is in their heads, going to harm you. yeah, everything's going to harm them. And sure enough, it turns out they get sick all the time because they believe that they're vulnerable. Anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue. Frank in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Yeah. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Hey, it's good to hear from you, Frank. For a while. What's on your mind tonight, Frank? Yeah. Two things. Uh, one, I'm deeply disturbed by the saber-rattling with the Bush administration, uh, and, you know, this two... Oh, don't worry. Obama will be rattling some sabers soon. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no. The two Democratic uh, candidates and the Republican candidate, the saber-rattling regarding, you know, attacking uh, Iran for the nuclear program that really hasn't materialized. And I'm very concerned, frankly, about that. And the fact also that today... Uh, you know, the Congress has come to an agreement 
with the White House regarding the telecommunications carriers uh, concerning the 40 wiretap, illegal wiretap cases. Oh, did they? What happened with that? Yeah, apparently, you know, they get a pass, and uh-huh. thought they have uh, unlimited uh, immunity. The way it's drafted now, and it looks as if, you know, both parties, Democrats and Republicans, are going to sign on to it. Sure, they're their buddies. And, you they're know, buddies. they got to protect them. It's a disaster them. for our, you know, civil rights. What can I say? Yeah, I, I don't and think our bill should, of rights. I don't think there should be any immunity for those uh, for the telecoms that uh, cooperated. But I feel like all, everybody in the government who uh, perpetrated it should be uh, sh- should be charged and uh, tried too. That's and even that's, less likely. Yeah, that's even less likely. I agree that that would be nice. But what do you guys make? Do you think we're going to be you know attacking Iran? Well, I can tell you one thing's for weeks? sure. I know I'm not going to be attacking Iran. He doesn't like the word we. Oh, I'm not either. Right. But, I mean, our government and possibly the Israeli government. They're not my government. They're the government yeah. people. <laughs> and, uh, and they probably will attack. If not Iran, they'll attack somewhere else. Within the next four years, whoever it is that gets elected will attack somewhere. The military predi- industrial, that's a safe prediction. The military-industrial complex does like attacks on places where the bad people are. you got to have bad people. Right. So i got yeah, a question you, a Frank. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do they, about it? You know what? The interesting thing is we've never had such access to information as quickly as possible. So true. Internet. I read 20 world papers every morning wow. in a 90-minute period. So I have a, an amazing amount of opinion and information. And yet in the public sphere, we have no influence. Once we vote for uh, you know, one of the two parties that are basically the same party, no real ideological difference, just a different history in a sense, uh, we, we, we lose our representation. Well, and you never had it in the first place, by the way. I just, just to point out, you never had rep- representation in the first place because it's a fallacious concept. But great call, Frank. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. After all, how could you be represented? They can only represent themselves. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive Edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, they do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. And do business with business support, Free Talk Live. Well, we talked earlier, uh, John Stossel checked in with an article of his talking about legalizing or re-legalizing all drugs. And, of course, he's absolutely right. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, though, it doesn't seem as though that's the direction things are going in. Yeah, there's some states that have gone the right way on medical marijuana, but... I would say almost as many states at this point have uh, made salvia illegal. So 
they're still going and prohibiting more and more products over time. And there have been other drugs that have been prohibited without much fanfare. But Salvia is getting some attention, thank goodness, because it had managed to uh, to create a bit of a following uh, in the time that it was legal in many places. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in Salvia, S-A-L-V-I-A, you will see all kinds of uh, videos of people using Salvia. Um, usually it results in them laughing a lot and rolling around on the floor and they get kind of boring after a while but it'll give you some idea of what happens to someone when they uh, when they use this drug in case you're new to the uh, to the drug neil pollock at salon.com has written an article about his experiences using salvia and the current state of legality in many places so where you live it may or may not be illegal depending on what uh, so-called la- you know state or landmass uh, it is that you occupy According to Salon.com, in 2003, always looking for ways to distract myself from the terrifying emotional burdens of adulthood, I ordered some (laughs) herbs from a website that sold marijuana alternatives. One of those herbs was a sizable bag of Salvia Divinorum, which I'd read about in Daniel Pinchbeck's book, Breaking Open the Head. He touted it as a visionary plant favored by native Mesoamericans. I like visions, and I like Mesoamerica. So I tried the salvia almost immediately after I bought it, smoking a small bowl at an outdoor Flaming Lips show. You know, because the Flaming Lips are trippy. No visions emerged, which, given my pathetic reasoning, is exactly what I deserved. I didn't even get a headache. The next time I decided I'd actually get some directions on how to use the drug, and then maybe I'd even follow them. I put the salvia in my freezer, and I didn't touch it for almost two years. Then I had a free midnight, and it occurred to me to try some. I took a pinch of salvia from my bag, rolled it into a ball, and stuck it under my tongue. All the websites say that sublingual absorption leads to stronger trips. Now, I guess I haven't done research in a while, Mark, because I don't remember reading about that. But it sounds like an interesting way to get it done. I certainly haven't researched it because I'm not interested. It tasted bitter, but not much worse than, say, collard greens. I gave it a chew and placed it under my tongue for another 30 seconds. Not a collard green fan myself. Yeah, I repeated this process a few times until I... Taking drugs isn't always a a tasty process. (laughs) No, no. I gave it a chew, he says, and uh, repeated this process a few times until I'd created a slightly acrid green brew in my mouth. I sloshed it around and kept chewing. By degrees, I felt nauseated, like I'd eaten vitamins on an empty stomach, but my gut held. After 20 minutes, I spit the whole magilla into the toilet, put some bangara on the iPod, and lay down my guest on my guest bed and closed my eyes. Almost immediately, I had visions. Great Thick green vines, ancient beyond measure, stretched out into infinite space. A being that looked like an Aztec god flew above, spewing fire. I saw my head splitting open. Red goo poured out and melded into what appeared to be the cosmos. Doesn't seem like a good thing. I had another vision of me dancing with my son, which was a bit more pleasant. A large hole opened in the universe. I flew toward it. A beautiful woman in a white robe took my hand and guided me through. This, I later learned, was the Salvia spirit, who appears in most Salvia-inspired visions, or at least the ones that get chronicled on Arrowhead, which, by the way... Interesting that, they, that, that, that you would have this... Uh, similar experience? Yeah, similar experience yeah. like this. This makes me want to go try some Salvia. It's been a while since I've uh, done it. Anyway, Arrowhead... Funny, it doesn't make me want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Arrowhead.org is a great place to go to learn more about drugs, to actually get some real, honest information about drugs. I can't argue with that. I mean, it's good if, if you're going to do these things, and, and people are, um, you know, no matter what you say, they're going to do them. Yeah. 
Don't do it's, what he did and just smoke a bowl at a concert. This is a. It's good to be forewarned. Yeah, this is something that any drug people need to take seriously. They need to do their research. They need to find out what it is they're getting into. Read some trip reports, and uh, and and know it, what it is they're getting into when they do these things. And Arrowwood's a great place to do that. E R O W I D dot org to get access there. She's also repeatedly depicted this salvia spirit in online salvia art. I opened my eyes and the trip was over. Ten minutes had passed. Well, you know what? I wonder, Mark, if people... Maybe he was already aware of the salvia spirit, so therefore it was sort of but, planted, and therefore he created it when he was on the trip. What it, if he never seen... It didn't sound seen... that way from the, the story. It sounded like uh, you know he had not read that ahead that of time. He, I later learned that she was oh, the salvia spirit. Le- yeah, you're right. I later learned. Huh, interesting. Good point. That anyway, I mean, that... that, that that, that's really weird that, yeah. that, that there would be this uh, sort of consciousness well, thing. Hey, maybe there's something to these drugs things, huh? Anyway, she... Getting uh, you closer to God. I opened my eyes, he said, and the trip was over. Ten minutes had passed. The next night, I repeated the dose. While I had a few small visions, I mostly felt that my body was stretching out beyond its boundaries, moving into infinite space. The night after that, I did a third consecutive salvia chew. Nothing came of it, and around 1 a.m. I fell asleep. Approximately two hours later, I snapped awake aware that the room had shaken with a tremendous thud as though something very heavy had landed. A massive stone warrior, looking vaguely like a lost piece of Mesoamerican art, stood in the middle of the room. Don't mess with what you don't understand, he said to me. I'd take his advice. (laughs) Terrified, I closed my eyes and saw the woman again. I seemed to recall begging her to show me the secrets of the universe. She spoke for the first time as well. She said, you take yourself too seriously. The sensation of traveling through space returned, and then I fell asleep. The next morning when I woke up, I was seized with the urge to see how my fantasy baseball team was doing. <laughs> on a scale of drug harshness, salvia falls on the mild end. Stronger than weed, but weaker than ecstasy, and it doesn't even register in the same league as the hard drugs like cocaine and heroin and meth. It should be classified as a mild hallucinogen. Well, perhaps mild isn't the right word, since the effects are intense, but very short-lived. I haven't done psychedelic mushrooms or acid in nearly 20 years, but I remember those trips as being very, very long and annoyingly open-ended. You never knew exactly what you'd see or experience, though you were pretty much guaranteed to sweat a lot and have a nasty backache the next day. Salvia, on the other hand, is quick, focused, and almost uniform in its effects. Salvia is non-toxic and too intense to be addictive. Anyone who does it more than once a month should literally have their head examined. This guy did it several days in a row, though. Well... He, was, he should have his head examined. He was new at that time, I guess. Uh, people who hate drugs, but salvia is one of those drugs where, uh, where I think like like ecstasy uh, and some other drugs, it essentially it wears on you, and it's just such an experience that you don't want it to become normalized. You don't want it to become the norm. You want it to be special, and so therefore it's good to wait. It's good to put some time in between your uh, your experiences. Because otherwise it'll just become boring. I'd say the more time put, put in between uh, drug experiences, especially psychedelic ones, the better. There's more here, though, about uh, Salvia, and including a trip report from one of our listeners. And you're welcome to chime in here. 800-259-9231. Uh, the latest on the legal situation re- uh, regarding it also coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first. If you're on the updates list, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We are talking about salvia, which, if you've never heard of it, is a hallucinogen. And in most of the United States, it's legal, meaning you can go on eBay or various different websites right now and order yourself some. Stick it in a bowl and smoke it. It's mostly legal because the politicians haven't figured it out yet. And they are starting to figure it out. We're talking about uh, a story from Salon.com where the author has described some of his visions that he has seen on the drug, which are very interesting. Uh, and it's a, it's an intense trip from what I understand. Now, I wish I could comment personally on it because I have tried it a handful of times, but I've never gotten to the shaman state as it is called. I've never seen the Salvia Lady, or whatever her name is, uh, the Woman White. Uh, I've never seen any of these visions. I've only just had a good, a few good laughing fits on it. And I believe it's because of two things. First, I didn't do it the way they uh, had recommended initially, which you is... Gotta follow the instructions. You're supposed to use a torch lighter, like a cigar kind of torch lighter, which is very, very hot, very, very um, hot flame, essentially, mm-hmm. because it needs to be a very hot flame to, uh, to effectively vaporize the, uh, the salvinorin A, which is the active ingredient in there. And I didn't use that, but once I did try that, I still couldn't get it, and I think it's because I was only using 5X, and there's different strengths of the salvia. It's not herb. I guess it is an herb, but they, what they've done is they've, they've managed to sort of uh, distill it basically, and concentrate it. And so they have 5X, 10X, 15X, 20X, and I think they even go higher than Makes that Makes you now. wonder how the, the Indians managed to pull off the uh, the whole shaman's Well, thing. as he said, he used the um, the chewing method, which apparently worked for him. So maybe that's what they were doing back then. I don't know. I don't either. Uh, but anyway, we'll continue the uh, the story here. So I wish I could comment, but we'll, we'll use his trips here, and we'll get to a listener's trip report if we, if we have a chance. But he talks about how... Um, People who hate drugs have been busily excoriating salvia this year. Salvia is currently illegal in Delaware, Florida, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Virginia. And bills are on the table in many other states. In Ohio, a 12-year-old boy who said he uses salvia shot and killed another boy. Now, there's no clear evidence that the shooter was on salvia at the time. In 2006, a Delaware teenager who'd written about salvia in the past committed suicide, prompting that state's ban. Tragic as those events may be for the people involved, salvia does not appear to have torn apart our precious social fabric. It barely even scratches around right. the edge. 12-year-olds are shooting 12-year-olds without salvia, too. Sure, and there's all kinds of people that do stupid crap on alcohol, and nobody's calling for another ban on alcohol. Then the vast majority of drug users are very responsible people. They get home from a hard day at work, and instead of uh, kicking back with a six-pack, they might want to fire up a joint or have a little bit of salvia or whatever it is that their deal is. And they never hurt anybody. So, But this is always what they do, Mark. They always trot out some tragic story to say, See, this could happen to your kids if he smokes salvia. We need to ban this. So then they ban it, and then what happens? Well, 
We know that story pretty well here on Free Talk Live. We talked about it earlier. It's prohibition. Prohibition every single time results in the same damn things happening. It'll go underground, and then gangsters will start dealing salvia instead of legitimate businesses. And then it will become violent. People that want to get salvia will have to pay a whole lot more for it. And as a result of that, who knows what will happen. Maybe crime will increase. Anyway, the Salvia Trip video is a standard bearer on YouTube at this point, but you end up watching either giggling, jufroed teenagers or bearded grown-ups falling back into their couch and saying, Whoa! There are a few things more boring than grainy footage of someone's, someone else's drug trip, and I don't think that proselytizing, the proselytizing, is going to get more high-end anytime soon. I have to say the, uh, the trip reports are far more entertaining than actually watching someone use Salvia. It's funny to watch someone laugh a lot, the first time, but eventually, well, it kind of great. Somebody who can write well can write well about anything. Yeah, um, they can write well about going to use the bathroom or eating a strawberry. So you know, yeah, I, I guess a well-written trip report would be better. The author here at Salon.com says my recommendations, for all they're worth, are as follows: a well-produced movie on doing salvia, by the way, would be great too. Salvia, because people who can tell stories can tell stories. It's true. Salvia isn't a drug for the young. No one under 21 should ever touch the stuff, and if anyone else is going to use it, do so wisely. First-timers might be helped to have a sober guide, preferably one experienced with salvia nearby. I think this is always good advice. It's good to if have... If you're going to do these things, and I don't recommend that you do, have some have a, uh, you know, a Boy Scout who's there to take care of you. It's Trip good to... guide or whatever they call these things. Yep, it's good to have someone... Uh, Someone to talk with when you're done. Also, if you forgot water, you're going to want someone to get you some because you'll come back really thirsty. Users know well enough not to make any big plans for a couple hours after the trip. The intense effects only last a short time, but you should never, ever drive after using salvia. I've continued to do salvia just a couple times a year. That's all I need and all I can really handle. After I moved to Los Angeles, I spent some time looking around the drug boards for a reliable source. I found a vintage clothing store on Melrose with a quasi-legal head shop hidden in the back, behind the winter coat rack, the last place anyone ever looks in Southern California, in a Southern California vintage shop. There, a one-armed Lebanese man sold me a couple of discounted packets of 25X salvia extract, an extremely concentrated form of the drug that transports you to salvia land very quickly. One small pipeful, and you're gone. You need to be careful with this, he said. I know what I'm doing, I replied. Uh oh. By now, I've gotten over the intensity of the trip, the descent or ascent into another dimension. I know for the most part what to expect. It barely even seems weird to me anymore. Unlike my early trips, which were just random explorations, now I only go to the salvia if I have an intractable problem, if my life seems blocked somehow, or if I have a complicated existential question to ask. There's always a purpose, however obscure, for my visits. I have a salvia routine. After the family has gone to sleep and the house is very quiet, I go down to my basement office with a glass of ice water. I turn on some mellow music and sit in my big blue easy chair. It should be pointed out that the reason why it's being described in this fashion is because this isn't a party drug. It's not something where you want to stand around with some people like we did at Porkfest and, and get Have high. drinks and chat. Yeah. You're not going to be chatting with anybody when you're high on salvia because you'll be in an alternate universe, essentially. Uh, so it's something that you do need to have a nice, quiet, pr- preferably dark place to be uh, where you can be relatively alone, where there won't be a lot of loud noise or distractions around. So that's why he's describing this kind of situation. He says, uh, so I sit in my big blue easy chair. A small pipe full of salvia concentrate waits for me. I smoke the bowl. My head and chest start to throb. 
I sink back into my chair and close my eyes, trying to keep my question of the day at the forefront of my thoughts. A trip through the vines follows. I pass a phalanx of guards who look like the caterpillar in the caterpillar in the Alice in Wonderland cartoon. Sometimes I travel over arid plains or behold mountain views of indescribable beauty. But eventually, I always get to that secluded glen where the Salvia spirit is waiting, on a vine-covered throne. She's usually in a damn good mood and is always glad to see me. We commune for a while. She shows me unusual things, and while I don't directly ask my question or express my concern, I keep it floating around the edges of consciousness. She's always gently mocking in a foolish human kind of way, and her response always leaves me feeling a bit better. Gradually, the visions fade, my heart starts beating more normally, and I open my eyes. For a few minutes, everything seems gauzy and pixelated, as though I can nearly see the other world just beyond my my field of perception. Then the Salvia trip ends, without harm to others or to myself. And that's how it ends for most people. You know, it's it sounds like um, you know, in the I, I got the impression sounds that like in, a good time in the late '60s that they, <laughs> you know, some people talked about psychedelics in the in the in the fashion that it could expand your mind yeah. in a spiritual or uh, you know psycho, psycho, psychological way. Sure. And I, I get the impression that this drug might be that kind of thing. I sounds don't know. like it to me. I mean, I wonder how many people have been driven over the edge and never came back from it. That that's my question. I would think we'd be hearing those stories if that was going on. Yeah, there's not that much going on, and, and you, you don't I don't know, know it's, man. It's the people who are on the fringe are the ones that are going to be driven over the edge. It's certainly more popular They're now. Not take me, it's not going to take me and drive me over the edge. It's going to take you and drive you over the it's edge. It's certainly more popular now than it ever has been in the past. I mean, with the YouTube popularity and, of course, with the state governments banning it, when they ban this stuff, it gets press coverage, and the press coverage results in people saying, hmm, what's all that about? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. Great way to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country. We are on 40 today, and I would dare say that oh, at least 30 out of those 40 were directly because of the Free Talk Live amplifiers. Not only getting on more radio stations, but also getting on more internet connections and into more people's ears with a message of freedom and liberty. So uh, if you want to help us out with that, we'll give you some perks, too. You get access, for instance, to the Ample Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. In fact, the chat room, of course, busily talking about hallucinogenic experiences right now. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. Again, it's just 3 bucks a month, and it makes a big difference for us. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about Salvia, why? Well, because states, uh, state government people are outlawing it. They're passing laws against a plant, another plant that grows naturally from the earth that uh, shaman healers have been using for hundreds upon hundreds of years to uh, guide them through a sort of a shamanic state, sort of a trip-like experience that lasts only about five minutes, maybe ten at the most. I would say the intense portions of the effects of salvia probably don't go longer than than, uh, five or ten minutes. And uh, that's from my experience of reading various, uh, you know, trying it myself and not quite making it to the shaman state. Uh, But reading lots of uh, trip reports, and we, of course, had uh, people call in to tell us about their experiences here. It seems to be, for for the most part, 
you know, a very positive thing. Now, that's not to say that you won't have absolutely terrifying experiences on it. And go, go to Arrowhead.org, okay, and read some of the trip reports that are there. The great thing about Arrowhead is they classify them. So you can, you can go and you can read a glowing report where someone talks about how the, they just felt great and everything was fantastic and Salvia is great. And then you can read a bad trip report. And they'll tell you about how they were frightened and that they were scared and that, you know, it was awful. So you can really I've read. Had, I've, I've more than one of those. You can, well, you haven't tried Salvia. Not, uh, not on Salvia. On, yeah, different trips. So but, but at least the nice That's thing about. That's why I don't recommend them. But the nice thing about Salvia is if you don't like it, it's going away in 10 minutes. Whereas if it's, you know, an acid trip, well, you're in for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so if anything, salvia should continue to be legal, if only to encourage people to use it as opposed to other more intense, longer-lasting psychedelic drugs. But no, no, we can't allow young people, we can't allow anyone to experiment with their mind. We can't allow them to put chemicals in their body. Well, alcohol, nicotine, and uh, caffeine accepted. Other chemicals. We can't allow them to put chemicals in their body and experience things differently to alter their state of consciousness. What might they learn? What might they discover about themselves in the universe that might shake them to their core, might challenge their belief systems, might make them question the things they've always known? I'm not saying that all drug experiences are going to do these things, but some of the descriptions we've read are pretty interesting. I have to say, you know, I, one who might be paranoid might suggest that the anti-drug zealots out there don't want people using drugs because it does help open people's minds. One would, one would suggest that, that they want people to stay ignorant. They want them to keep their minds closed, or they want them to think that drugs are only for getting effed up. And if that's what you think about drugs, then that's probably what you'll get from them. But if what you're expecting is a mind-opening experience, then perhaps you'd be more likely to get that. Let's share a trip report here from a listener that I've actually been holding on to, because we don't talk about this stuff very often on the program, uh, specifically Good, trips. it makes me nervous. Uh, Nick wrote this, actually, what is this, February 10th of 2006? It's been a long time. Anyway, it was this year. Anyway, he says, I'm 18 years old. And uh, just, he says, I'm a senior in high school. I'm emailing the show to educate you and the listeners a little more regarding the psychedelic drug Salvia. I remember the author of the uh, the last article said that no one under 21 should try it. Well, that's his opinion. I know you guys haven't really discussed Salvia in a while, but I'm slightly behind in the shows because I constantly switch between shows listening to specific tidbits and nuggets. Uh, He says, I've just listened to the beginning of the December 20th show where the first topics of discussion were the Lakota Indian tribe secession and salvia. He says, I've smoked salvia multiple times using many different concentration ratios. Would like to share my experiences. Firstly, I've only been doing drugs for a short period of time. My first use of drugs was smoking weed on my 17th birthday. Oh, my goodness. A young person was able to get their hands on marijuana. I thought that was illegal. Hmm. Hey, wait a minute. So you mean that if... Wait. Oh. Wait, hold on a second, Mark. I'm putting two and two two together here. So if weed is illegal and people could spend time in jail for possessing weed, people can still get weed, even though it's illegal. That's true. So if they make salvia illegal, that'll make it so no one can get salvia ever again. No, no, it'll just put people in jail for it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, let's continue. He says, uh, I've, used, I've used hydrocodone, which is Vicodin, psychedelic mushrooms, and multiple types of alcohol, including absinthe. I've used morning glory seeds, uh, he says, to extract LSA, the al- active chemical in LSD, and I'm planning on using LSD soon, 
seeing that my friends and I have seven hits waiting to be used. This may seem very excessive for someone who's still in high school, and you may assume that I'm on the bad track to hard consequences. But I want you to know that I'm a very good student with an, uh, with, with an average GPA of almost 4.0. I'm expecting to attend... Uh, he says the college he's expecting to attend. So as you can see, drugs haven't ruined my life and have had almost no negative impact on my life. He says I use drugs to expand my mind and expand my creative spectrum. I'm a professional classical guitarist and songwriter. And by the way, I'd like to point out he's probably not the only musician who uses drugs. Anyway, Could I, it be? and also to keep my psyche and state of mind in check. I feel that using drugs has helped me to discover more about myself and has helped me keep my emotional levels at a normal amount. I've constantly thought that if I hadn't started using drugs, that my life would have gone worse than it has now. Anyway, when I used Salvia for the first time, by the way, I think Julia, she's not here to talk, speak for herself, but I believe she credits MDMA with saving her life. I, I believe. Anyway, she says, or he says, rather, when I used Salvia for like the first, that backed up. first time, um, I was in a canyon with three other people who were also using it. The extraction potency was 15x, and we used a water pipe. When I inhaled it, and I held it for a small time before exhaling, and almost immediately after exhaling, I could feel the onset of the drug. One common feeling among users is to feel sweaty. Not hot, just sweaty. And this happened to me also. First, the walls of the canyon turned into a navy blue sky, and some of the bushes and brush on the ground and walls turned into cartoon characters. These characters were the kinds of cartoons you'd find in really old cartoons, usually the black and white ones, with the really round, bubble-like features. Next, I saw one of them flying in a small round plane across the sky. This one spoke to me, but I have no idea what he said. During this whole experience, the sandy ground had turned into bright, green, healthy-looking grass, and the previously blue sky had turned a dark pink. Hmm. The whole experience lasted for about 5 to 10 minutes, and for about 20 to 30 minutes after that, I felt incredibly euphoric and amazing. The drug is intensely realistic, and those on it have a strong tendency to forget they're on a drug, making it that much more intense. During the experience, I had very little control over my body. I did end up moving maybe 5 feet in front of me, and near the end of the experience, I almost urinated myself. This happened after I took a drink of water. I could feel the water enter my stomach, but it didn't feel like it stopped there. It felt like it kept going through my entire digestive system and into my kidneys and bladder and then out completely. I would have urinated in my pants, but luckily was able to unzip and christen the canyon wall rather than my leg. For the record, I don't have bladder control issues. There's not a doubt in my mind that this is the most intense hallucinogen on the market, legal or not. Only one other time have I had a salvia experience as realistic as that, and it was more realistic and long-lasting. This time I smoked 80X, which was the highest potency my friends and I could buy. After wow. smoking it, the same sweaty feeling occurred. First, I saw a kindergarten classroom, and I was sitting in a desk near the back of the room. The teacher was in the front of the room next to a chalkboard. The only walls in this classroom were the floor and the wall holding up the chalkboard. Everything else surrounding me was a swirling black torrent, resembling what I assume was a wormhole in space might look like. After that, I somehow ended up lying down on the ground looking at a canyon wall, which subsequently turned into the observation deck inside the Statue of Liberty. Now, I've never seen the Statue of Liberty in real life or even been to New York, so this was a really strange thing. After maybe two minutes of Sounds looking... Sounds like a dream, a very vivid dream. Yeah, after maybe two minutes of looking out the windows over the ocean and at the sun setting, 
which wasn't in it wasn't setting in real life, he says. The observation deck turned into a bunker. As I was looking out of this bunker, I could see a beach filling up with tanks and men that were charging me. Then I realized I was watching the Allied advance on Omaha Beach in Normandy during World War II. Mm. Once again, I'm 18 and have never been to France. I couldn't hear gunfire, but I could see the white zip of bullets whizzing through the air and the explosions of tanks firing shells. I threw myself out of this trance by leaning forward and looking down at the ground. I noticed some ants, which were real, walking through the sand with some sticks and twigs next to them. Suddenly, all the sticks and twigs and sand started turning into buildings and huts. I could see a small marketplace and plaza and vil- villagers and the houses of the villagers. And this is all in a ten-minute trip? That's right. I soon realized that I was looking at ancient Rome, where the ants had become the villagers. I looked at this during... I looked at this for a small amount of time before the hallucination ceased and the euphoric feeling ensued. All of these things may seem like incredibly specific things to see, but when I was hallucinating, I was overcome with the intensity feelings of certain intense feelings of certainty that those were the exact things I was looking at and nothing else. Fascinating stuff. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. dot com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.